With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome to Joseph Arthur's Technicolor Dreamcast. I've had a great fortune of working with Taylor Barton and G.E. Smith. They've become good friends of mine. I consider them really good friends, and uh, they're just epically talented people. You, of course, know who G.E. Smith. He's one of the busiest and best-respected guitarists in the music business. He has worked with some of the most prestigious artists in rock and blues, known for his versatile style and stinging lead. Smith led the house band for Saturday Night Live from 1985 to 1995. That's 10 years. Toured with Daryl Hall and John Oates and Bob Dylan, among others, and played on sessions with artists such as David Bowie, is that Bowie or, oh, David Bowie, I know who that is, Tom Waits and Michael Jagger, a.k.a. Mick Jagger. His wife, Taylor Barton Smith, is a multi-talented singer-songwriter, writer, playwright, poet, dancer, and producer. She has spent over three years, I mean three decades, traversing the arts and culminated into a 21st century renaissance woman. She is one of the finest singer-songwriters out there. I've recently just got to produce uh, an EP for her her that's coming out soon and i am thrilled about it they're going to play a couple songs from that and we're going to chat welcome to the show ge and taylor how are you guys doing we are great joseph and i am very excited about the music we made together for sure and all the uh the uh, running around the city that we did together and um even during COVID, what we did together when we got you out in Damagansett and figured out how to, you know, play to audiences when we couldn't be in front of them. So it's a great friendship. And um, yep, I'm on the front line with you always, always. Well, we appreciate it. The royal we that lives in my multifaceted head appreciates it it's very much. Yeah, that was a wild gig. Me and GE did it. Um, uh, it was at that place. What's that place called? Stephen's Talk there? House. What Stephen is it again, Talk GE? Stephen's Talk House. That's like, right. It's a very famous little bar up there in the Hamptons. And it's, uh, you know, lots of really good musicians play there. It's a small little place. But when me and GE did it during COVID, the audience was present in the same like not in the building but just out in the patio and so we played in an empty club being filmed and they watched us on a giant tv um that's pretty pretty insane <laughs> come to think of it but it you really know. is when you think about what we <laughs> did nuts. just have live music and and in a way you know now it's the same way forging a whole new path um, because so much is being driven by social media and, and streaming services. So uh, that was just the beginning, but um, God knows, like, you know, you, you show up, you suit up and show up. So. <laughs> well, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, you know, God knows you guys suit up and show up. I mean, I'm, I think you're making some of the freshest music um, currently I've heard. Um, it's wonderful. The songs you write are great. GE, everyone knows, is a genius, you know. So 
the guitar work on your record is incredible, of course. Um, but I don't know that people know how good of a songwriter you are, Taylor. And I think they're going to find out. And that's very exciting. Um, what keeps you so inspired to cultivate your muse and grow as an artist, um, you know, so deep into your life? like this? Uh, well, first and foremost, I would say reading. I'm an avid reader. So I read, um, uh, I don't know, I read all of Amelia Zola over, um, you know, the last couple of years. And that gets a lot of ideas going when you read somebody who's written such a huge body of work about every experience in life one could have. Um, I pay attention to the news and I try not to react to the news, but I try to find the soul in um, what I'm hearing and reflect that back. Uh, I'm very inspired by other singer-songwriters such as yourself. I'll listen to music while I do yoga from my favorite songwriters and they'll pose a question in one of their songs and I'll go write a song as an answer to what I think they asked. So that's definitely a way I get very inspired or dreams. Sometimes I'll have a really vivid dream and I'll, you know, take off on that. And sometimes it's just a pure expression of an emotion that needs to come out. Definitely. I love how in your songs too, like you'll respond to sometimes political things and news oriented things. And it seems to lean uh, in, in the direction of a message, but it's not um, oppressive, your statement on anything. And I'm not even sure you and I, I obviously, I don't think we agree on everything. And, and that's the thing. It's, it's beautiful to be able to be friends with people who you might have differences on certain things. That's okay. Uh, you know, it's yeah, absolutely. interesting because Zuby got raked over the coals on X for going on Piers Morgan and talking about free speech. And I saw a lot of people in the sort of COVID truth movement who were kind of, you know, giving him his uh, lashings for doing that. Like, where's your integrity? And I was like, and I wrote about it like, I don't get it. Are, is Zuby not allowed to talk to somebody who might not agree? He might not agree with. I, like that seems very limiting. Like why? Why are we all doing this? Like we have to pick sides and pick teams. And if somebody has a difference of opinion on a certain thing, like I mean, what one thing is with Israel Palestine? That's the biggest divisive issue now. And and a lot of people who agreed about the mRNA injections now don't agree about Israel Palestine but it's like I think we should all just be able to discuss these things without lashing out at each other and calling each other names as a result what do you think well I agree with that I, I'm a, a seeker of common ground and as far as <clears throat> the Palestine Israeli situation um, a mother is a mother and a child is a child and a family is a family member and losing any body and going through that sorrow, there is no boundary for that. You know, it's it's a universal 
huge loss for whoever is experiencing that. So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what I speak to, the universality of what is common for everybody in, you know, I, I don't think of myself as political. I think of myself as, as somebody who's in um, the center looking at the situation that we all have to survive. And you're really good about that, too, because I know like you and I have talked about things where we may have, you know, slight differences of an opinion and you'll hear my opinion and you won't, you know, you will never get emotional. You'll just go, hmm, OK, well, maybe I sort of see it like this and I see what you mean. But this also think of this. And it's like, wow, it's like that's just it's so basic. Humans should be able to do that without going, yeah, you're terrible for what? saying that. <laughs> I don't get what's happening around that right now at all. I mean, I was brought up to be open and um, I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, and my parents were pretty, well, actually, my parents, my mother was a Democrat, my father was a Republican, maybe that's why I'm open. I had both sides at the dinner table, but um, I just um, was taught to stretch the canvas and allow all kinds of of uh, experiences and opinions. That was just what my father professed. Here's the thing, Joseph, uh, that I don't understand. It seems like in the last eight, 10 years, people have forgotten that freedom goes both ways, right? It should be, you're allowed to think what you think, I'm allowed to think what I think, and we don't have to kill each other because of it because we don't agree about something, you know? Right. Doesn't freedom go both ways? Well, that's Apparently not. America. Apparently that's a, not. It's not just America, it's all over the world now. And I think that that's a result of um, social media and, and the internet. It, it, it's become this, um, you know, slugfest of ideas. And, and you can't not agree or you're in trouble. True. And then, like, you know, definitely during the COVID days, the left seemed to be much more oppressive in terms of free speech. But now for Israel-Palestine, it seems to be the right that's getting oppressive about free speech again. And it's just like, I don't know, to me, freedom of speech is 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 deeply important. You know, I mean, there, there's, it's, there's, it's a reason it's the First Amendment is because without freedom of speech, tyranny is a fait accompli. You know, so we have to protect well, our ability sure. to, yeah, and for artists to be able to express themselves without getting canceled, that's that's so important. We need our voices heard, and that's one thing that's great about TNT. It's just remained this very freedom-oriented platform, and that's one, why I'm honored to be a part of it, you know, so... It's like, I'm happy for X. You get a lot of people up in arms. Oh, they let Alex Jones back on X. But it's like, you know, you have to let you have to let people raise their voices and and express themselves or else you, you're the madness, madness and tyranny descends, you know, even to people you don't agree with, even to people you don't like. They have right. the freedom to say their thing too, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But the yeah, great see. common denominator is music. 
you know, I think that crosses, speaks to everyone. You know, you can certainly walk into a room and have people who have all sorts of differing opinions, but they'll come together to dance because they like the beat. Yep, that's true. It it brings, there's a feeling that the best music uh, cultivates a sort of oneness in us because we all respond to it emotionally. And it, it seems like, I was watching this interview last night and this producer, I'll get his name in a little bit, but uh, he was talking about he doesn't think it's the music business anymore. It's a different thing because music companies used to be run by real music fans. And I was thinking of Nancy Barry uh, in in my Virgin Records days. And, and you know, she got a lot of criticism uh, for being sort of a wild figure, but she loved music. And I, and, and, it made me think like, yeah, I was really lucky to be being led by these people that really were huge music fans. And what he was saying is now the music companies are, ra are run by lawyers and you know business guys that don't really understand the product. And the product is no longer music, it's something that simulates music. What do you think of that, GE? Uh, I think you said it very well. But I think that that's been going on for a long time, too, you know. Uh, you were yeah. lucky you didn't see it that early. <laughs> <laughs> hey, GE, do you ever, like, think about your past? Because you have such an illustrious past, you know? And, and I sometimes, in my own past, um, think about some of my, you know, quote-unquote glory days, and I long for them, especially if I'm not in a good place in my life, you know? Uh, the past can almost be a haunting thing because if you've had like an amazing past, it, it can sometimes have a rose-colored glasses and you can sort of long for it. I mean, you led the Saturday Night Live band for 10 years, you toured with Bob Dylan and Hall and & Oates and all that. Does the past ever haunt you or are you just happy and in the present all the time? Well, yeah, I don't know if I'm happy in the present all the time, but no, the past does not haunt me. I just figure I was real lucky to get there, you know, because I'm just a bar band guitar player from a little town in Pennsylvania. So <laughs> I got to do all the things I did and, and go all over the world and see different cultures and, and eat a lot of good food, you know. Uh, I was really lucky. So no, I'm not haunted by it. I, I'm just glad I was there. That's a, that's a healthy attitude. You're a Zen master, I think. I think he you, is. You, right? Isn't he, Taylor? He doesn't get too excited about stuff. I don't know. He's he's a monk without ever uh, meditated. Monk without the robes. <laughs> That's because real love isn't is not emotional. That's how you know you can trust it. Because real love is steady. Emotion is all just like <laughs> from the dark side. I think. He's the ocean. He's never seasick. Right. <laughs> have you written Leonard, that in a song yet? He's no, the Leonard ocean. Cohen. He's never. Is Le that Leonard maybe? Cohen said that. Oh, 
Okay. Well, after these words from our uh, sponsors, let's get a song from you guys. Um, uh, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with Taylor Barton Smith and G.E. Smith right after these words on TNT. TNT Radio's James Freeman. We have new revised figures from the Office for National Statistics showing that legal, that's not illegal, that's legal, net migration to the UK has witnessed one of the largest increases on record. Three quarters of a million additional people are now living in the UK in the space of just one year. A huge number that comes just three years after we left the European Union. Now, I didn't vote for Brexit because of immigration. I voted because of democracy, but millions did vote because they think too many people are coming into the country, which makes what the government has allowed to happen an absolute two fingers up to the people and democracy. Another example, if we needed another, of how the government does the exact opposite to what the people want and vote for. The Freeman Report and James Freeman on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Our beautiful world is changing, withering, dying by the hands of those who don't value nature, even though we all depend on it for life itself. But there is hope. Together with caring friends, the Nature Conservancy can restore our lands, heal our waters, and save our wildlife with big solutions only nature can provide. But every day we lose more of the places we love, and we urgently need to save endangered lands waters, and wild species. The actions we take today will determine the tomorrow we leave to our children and grandchildren. The water they drink, the air they breathe, the beauty they experience. To learn more about how you can help protect and conserve our beautiful world, visit nature.org today. Listen up! Now listen, we gotta talk. It's what we do best. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. What a treat to be here with Taylor Barton Smith and G.E. Smith. They're going to do one of Taylor's amazing songs called Crown of Thorns. It's one of my favorites. Taylor, what's this song about before you guys do it? This song is about, uh, I wrote this song when uh, the Ukrainian war first started, um, and it's about a lovelorn uh bride who is in isolation and been separated from her loved ones and uh that's what it's about crown of thorns one all right here we go let's play it go for it
Absolutely beautiful. Crown of Thorns. What a beautiful Sounds song. Sounds a whole lot better is. with what you did to it. <laughs> yeah, you did a great job on it. You really you did. You did. Thanks, man. I It was an honor. It was a pleasure. You know, I love producing and, and, you know, especially when the song is so good and the performances are so good. You guys sent me tracks that were uh incredible i mean who who plays drums and bass i mean what what led to this the production of this new series of songs and tell me about the process and the musicians you guys chose well so the drummer is a, a really great guy that that we've been working with now for a few years named josh dion and josh is not only a great drummer he's he's a really good singer he did a lot of the harmonies that are on there. And uh, he's got a very interesting musical project called Paris Monster. If you check him out on YouTube, it's very cool stuff. So we love Josh. And uh, I played bass on the stuff. And I think, didn't you play bass on something? Didn't you put some bass on? Oh, um, this Moog right here, I don't know if you can see there it on go. the camera. Yeah. But uh, yeah, my, my Moog, my trusty Moog one, there was some synth bass I added on to it. Nice. But what I do want to say is when, when I first wrote these songs, before I even went into the studio, which was this was very organic uh, process because normally, you know, you walk in the studio with a full band and you lay some tracks and everybody's in different rooms. We started just GE and I on the guitar. But before I even got there, I thought, you know who would be good on this? Joseph Arthur. <laughs> and I asked you you know, way back in March, but we didn't actually, we didn't actually get anything really to you until August. So you hadn't even heard, but I had you in my mind before I even recorded anything. She had you in her sights. You know, I, That's nice. so, but I really like, you know, I, I was looking for the kind of sound that you create, which I think is really beautiful and for forlorn and textured and has a level of danger and also um what do i want to say well etherealness all of it together like that's what i hear when i hear a joseph arthur song so i was hoping i could somehow encapsulate that into these songs that i sent you it really works. I mean, um, you know, yeah, like a level of experimentation, you know, and sort of yeah. a, a, a sort of, yeah, I, I would say youthful energy in some kind of way, even though none of us would be, I mean, I think we're all youthful in spirit, actually, but uh, of course, biologically, none of us qualify, <laughs> really. No, but, but I think artists, artists are youthful, you know, just even if you were, you know, Monet painting from his bed in his deathbed, he was painting beautiful, youthful looking art. Uh, and that's the one great thing about being an artist and a musician, unless you lose your hands or your voice, you can always um, do it. But um, I think that yeah, I, I feel I needed you on this to stretch, stretch it a little farther too. 
Yeah, I felt I felt like my contribution definitely was good, and it, it was a perfect balance because the things that where I might not be as strong as you guys are in the production level, you delivered all that to me. So it was it was a joy, honestly, to work on it. When you talk about artists remaining youthful, you know who comes to mind for me is Picasso because his latest his later work is my favorite. Um, and it's the most childlike. It's the most just, you know, go for broke, Basquiat looking, you know, goofball stuff. And it's, to me, it's the most full of life stuff. He, Picasso he just wanted to meet girls. That's what he was. <laughs> you know, it was all about the girls. Well, I wouldn't go that far. It's, can well, I make a it's a good motivator. It's yeah. a good motivator. For sure. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. What, well, Taylor, uh, I wanted to ask you about yoga and how important it is. And because I know GE isn't like this, like I've asked you about GE's workout regi regime, and you told and cigars you and in guitars, <laughs> cigars and guitars. <laughs> That's so it. I know GE isn't doing the yoga and the downward dogs and stuff, but I know you do because when I was staying with you guys during the COVID days. Me and you did some yoga sessions through Zoom, through your teachers, but how, how important is it for you to have a practice of yoga and breath work and stuff like that in order to sort of facilitate your muse? It is absolutely fundamentally, uh, it's the number one thing that I go to every morning. I meditate first thing in the morning on a global meditation um, with uh, Bob Roth, who does a TM global meditation with people at 7 a.m. And um, it's just uh, sitting quietly, um, or, and I've, I've been meditating since I was 20, so that's a lot of years without giving up my age. And yoga is something that I, I follow the meditation with. It's so important to me because this is, the time where I just get in touch with what's going on, or if I'm um, if I'm uh, confused, or I'm um, disgruntled, or I'm uh, anxious, or any of those feelings, I will work it out on the mat. And um, I also, at that time, listen a lot to different uh, soundtracks of different people. So. I'm really taking in what other people write in a very deep level. And that's kind of when I educate myself because music has always been my Bible. So I just love hearing singer songwriters or even deep, you know, Indian, India music, uh, prayers or whatever it is. Um, it's really, really important to me. And the other thing that's really, really important to me is nature. Like I, I have to go out for at least an hour a day and be out in nature because it just, it's just the thing that grounds me. Well, if you come visit me out here in Arizona, we're going to go on a hike. Uh, I won't take you on camelback because that no, will be pretty No, I'll go on camelback. You'll go on Camelback? All right, I've we'll go on Camelback. All right, you'll do Camelback with me then? We'll do it. Yeah. I, I love that one. I mean, Wind Cave is another good one out here that's uh, it's a bit, it's it's more easy mode, but okay, if you're up for Camelback, uh, let's do it. GE, now I know that you're cigars and guitars, but 
that doesn't mean you're not meditating. One of my one of like the best uh, sort of Indian gurus I've ever uh, listened to. I forget his name, Nasaragati Labadadati, something like that. <laughs> but he used to roll cigar uh, cigarettes and smoke. But he knew so much about being present, and he was an enlightened, fully realized being. And you have a certain quality to you that 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 maybe you're aping it but you seem to be spiritually wise so do you also do what you would consider to be meditation or or i don't prayer? know if i call it um meditation i i think the way i am i got a lot of it from my my lebanese grandmother you mm -hmm. know i grew up with her and um she just really impressed me uh, with her intelligence and the way she looked at the world and the way she taught me to look at the world, you know. So if, if I have anything, I got it from her. What he did sits she in teach a trance. He sits in a trance out in, under the loggia smoking the cigar. I mean, it's like there's... <laughs> That's Calm. meditation. He's in the zone. Yeah. yeah. And they the natural world, too, you know, and we have a couple of dogs and... and uh, Taylor and I both have to do a lot of stuff with the dogs during the day to keep them entertained. So we're always in uh, in that natural world. Well, it says, seek first the Father and all else will be added on. That's a, the Christian way, uh, to me, of defining meditation. But I, I certainly have made that my practice recently uh, for a while now when I go to the cold plunge right when it opens at 7 a.m., um, and do cold plunge and infrared sauna and red light therapy and this thing called the biocharger. And then I go to Bikram at 9 a.m. But when I'm doing the cold plunge and infrared sauna stuff, I never have headphones on. I'm always just trying to practice presence. It's just practice observation. When, and when, so, you say cold, when you say cold plunge, you mean like you get in cold water? Yeah, like yeah. Well, man, 40 degrees. You do that at 7 o'clock in the morning, and that will straighten you right out. Anybody. It, it's amazing. It's yeah. honestly, I look forward to it. it. It also boosts your testosterone, apparently. Get your chi going. So that, yeah, it, it definitely does that. And then also it's like, because if you wake up and you identify with thought forms first thing, and you just become your thoughts and your anxieties and your depressions, and you're thinking of the future and you're thinking of the past, you're never present. So I think of that thing as seek first the father as, or meditation, if you're a Buddha or a Buddhist, you know, it's the same, it's the similar thing. It's, it's, identifying with pres it's it's the practice of identifying with presence and the present moment rather than the past and the future you could almost look at it like that and then you know as the day progresses of course you're going to like think of things you need to do and get into that mind space but that mind space will be on some kind of leash it won't it won't take over your whole identity and you can always like go back to presence. If you start feeling anxious or if you get emotional or something, you go, oh, let me get present again. And you just keep framing it that way, you know? And then that's when it's the creative practice. ideas come in, the real creativity. Yeah. You gotta be a clean slate for, for that. I mean, without a doubt, to, to not be a reactor, but just to be, you know, be below it all and, hear what the the great gods are 
are passing down. Hey, GE, what vi David Bowie video were you in again? I forgot. Fashion. 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 Yeah. 1980. Tell me yeah. that story real quick, because that's a funny story. I, I, um, I was at a, a party in New York City, and um, there were a lot of uh, very well-known, you know, actors and musicians and stuff there. And I was just in awe of the whole deal. And Bowie was there, and I was a giant Bowie fan. And I'd seen him perform a few times, but I had never met him or anything, you know. So at some point... Um, he had an, uh, an assistant, Coco, who, who worked for him for years. She came over to me and she said, uh, David is shooting a video tomorrow. This was in New York City. David is shooting a video tomorrow and he'd like you to be in it. And I'm like, wow, of course, you know, definitely. And I said, and then she's about to walk away. I said, should I bring my guitar? And she looks at me, she goes, oh, you're a guitar player. They didn't know, you know, because I was just some guy. Uh, and I had like a marine haircut there when everybody else had like really long hair. You know, I had a, a marine haircut. And uh, so she goes, wait a minute. And she goes over and I see her talking to David. And she comes back. She says, yeah, bring your guitar. You can be the guitar player. It's great. So that's how I got in the video and then wound up doing a little stuff with David. And we actually became uh, good friends while he was living in, in New York City. He came over a couple times or he might call me and say, let's go, you know, we went to the theater a few times and we'll go out to eat or something, you know. He was a very nice guy. For me, in my, you know, my uh, interaction with him, he was just one of the nicest people I've ever met. Well, I honestly, man, you're like one of the best musicians I know. And I know a lot of really good ones and I'm not just blowing smoke. That's actually the truth. But I will say this, that doesn't surprise me that he didn't even know that about you and just wanted you in the video because you have this extraordinary look. And I think that also helped you keep that Saturday Night Live gig for 10 years because I remember watching you on Saturday Night Live and you always just, you were just something about your presence is striking. Have you ever noticed that about yourself, or what do you think about oh, that? I didn't notice it about myself, but I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, and, and I suppose it's true. But as you know, you know anybody that gets to be in the public eye, well, maybe most people like what you do, you know. But there's going to be some people that just don't. One of my favorite things that ever happened when I was in right in the middle of the Saturday Night Live thing, you know, when I was like pretty well known, especially in New York City. Uh, two things happened. The first one was one day the, the big uh, sanitation, the garbage truck is coming down the street, picking up the garbage. And this great big man that's working on the garbage truck looks at me and he goes, yo, GE, you know, he knew. And he was like, yeah, man, you know, I loved that. And then within a couple weeks of that, I'm walking down 7th Avenue by like 13th Street and a bike messenger goes by and he looks at me and he goes, you suck, you <laughs> suck. That made me so happy, you know? It was great, I loved both of those things.
That's that. That's amazing. Yeah, that that's now all that exists on social media. You had it in real life. That's pretty funny. Yeah. It's actually but better in real life. In hey, before this break, though, can you give us like one insight Bowie gave you that that we might be surprised about? Just uh, um, you know, in some of those dinners you had with him or anything like that. Any uh, any kind of thing you can you know, remember? He was just obviously, a, a very intelligent guy. He had read, and um, he knew about you know, theater and art and, and all that stuff. If, if, if he gave out, uh, I'll, I'll tell you a really quick story. So we went out to Los Angeles to do uh, The Tonight Show, which at that time was Johnny Carson. Sorry. And um, it, we, it, Richard Pryor was on the show, so I got to meet Pryor, which was great. But anyway, we're going, and with us and, and the group that we had with us, we had pretty much the whole first-class section of the airplane. Right. He was always very generous, you know, got us all first. He could have just got a first class ticket for himself, put us in the back. It would have been fine. No, first class for everybody. So we're about to get on the plane. And because I knew I was flying first class, I had a guitar in a hard case, you know, in like the regular case, not in a bag or anything. It would still fit up in the overhead. Right. Of course. So the, uh, as we're going to get on the plane, the woman said, oh, man, no, you can't bring that on the plane. And I'm like, oh, but we have, you know, the whole I'm with David, the whole first time. No. And then she starts getting, okay, so I go back, David, man, you know, she won't let me bring my guitar. He goes, wait a minute. And he walks up with me and he looks her in the eye, like with that David Bowie, you know, look, and he looks right at her and he says, Elvis gave me this guitar two weeks before he died. And it, oh, <laughs> she goes, oh, of course. And she gets and they put blankets on it and they put it in the cockpit. <laughs> right. That's fantastic. That is so, <laughs> wow, that's a great, I've never heard that one before. That's yeah. incredible, man. That is so, so genius. <laughs> the old Elvis excuse. Oh, I'm going to use so. that one of these days. Let me take a quick break. We'll be right back after these words on TNT. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Stop letting leftists set the agenda. Stop letting them turn nothing burgers into the most pressing issues of the day. Stop letting them use words like inclusion, equity, fairness, and diversity as cudgels to beat you into submission. Stop bowing, stop scraping, stop bending the knee, and stop giving them what they desire, an abject apology, assuring them that they'll get their way and everything will be fine. Because it won't be fine. That won't be the last complaint. Every time you submit to them, you encourage them. You give them more fuel for their next attack. And it will go on for decades. The Onondaga Nation complained to Syracuse University about the Saltine Warrior mascot in 1978. And here we are, 45 years later, the Onondaga Nation is complaining to Liverpool High School about using Warriors as their athletic mascot. For 45 years it was fine, but now all of a sudden in 2023 it's not. Stop giving in to this culture of destruction. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. Internet crimes against children in New Mexico are real. And when it comes to protecting your children, the New Mexico AG's office and the ICAC unit are on the front lines. I'm New Mexico Attorney General Hector Balderas. There's nowhere to hide for online predators in New Mexico. We are working tirelessly using state-of-the-art technology and resources to seek out and find them wherever they are. 
Please talk to your children about the dangers that exist online, social media, games, and messenger apps. It's always important to know who you're talking to. Help fight online predators in New Mexico by submitting a tip today. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT, with Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast. Welcome back, and thanks for tuning in to Joseph Arthur's Technicolor Dreamcast. I'm here with G.E. Smith and Taylor Barton Smith. Now, we've been working on a record together for a while, but there's a new song that Taylor wants to record, and I'm going to go to New York soon enough and, and record it with her, and I'm excited. But I haven't heard it yet, and they're about to play it for all of us now, so I'm going to hear it with you guys for the first time. This is called What If Everyone Was Wrong or Is Wrong? What is it, Taylor? Okay. All right. Let's hear it. Oh, 
awesome stuff. Yeah, I couldn't really make out all the lyrics, but it's like, uh, what where, where if everybody, where everybody something belongs? What if everybody is wrong? I hear like, what if everybody here is wrong? It needs one more syllable, I feel like. What if everybody here is wrong? <laughs> you know, like, I, know I hear- you're going to come in with an answering call on this. The, oh the yeah, no, we gotta we gotta boost the chorus, and then I hear this beat like, you know, real hard driving beat. It's like, like almost like Beck or something. Like, got that? Huh? Also got the dum 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 Yeah, yeah, the verse could be like dum and the chords like creativity in the in the present here we go here we go yeah yeah it's gonna be a banger when each and every one of us belongs what if everyone is wrong when each and every one of us belongs what if everybody here is is wrong it needs one more syllable i think Okay. Think about that. And send me a demo of that, too. Um, okay, I but... think you got it on the live stream <laughs> oh, there. <laughs> oh, yeah, but you got to send me another one. Like a, no, we will. If you guys we will. Do... Anyway, it was fun to Cut do it. Little... Just... Yeah. No, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, I couldn't help but put ha- listen to it with a producer's cap on. You know what I mean? But that's a little insight into the... Today, Joseph, I heard a new one, right? Yeah, it's beautiful. Child of Mercy. We love the new. Uh, Your new song is gorgeous. Yeah, gorgeous. grateful, grateful, sweet child of grace. Um, yes. Yeah, I think it's mainly about my daughter and just being grateful. Um, you know, just uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's like the gratitude is is huge, right? Because it's all in how we look at life and our situations. I mean, we we have heaven on earth or we have peace of mind or we have perfect peace if we want it, but it's really difficult to get that. It's just, it's so interesting how we can, how our mind can tear our life up if we're not, if we're living in fear rather than living in gratitude. It's a really strange predicament being a human being on earth when our when our nature, the nature of the mind is fear and worry and the nature of the heart is gratitude and love and to like steer yourself towards gratitude and love. How do you guys steer yourselves towards gratitude and love? Well, first of all, just to talk about your song, like I love that that is the position that you take, you know, because a lot of people will, you know, uh, complain or mourn or do a lot of different things in their songs, but yours, that particular song listening to it it's like oh anybody would be happy to be the recipient of of who you were writing it to so you know you and it also could be um a much larger powerful all-knowing person that you could have written that to but it's i mean without somebody hearing that song as we're talking about it, it it's just really um uh, the narrative is beautifully positive and mm. it's it's also quintessential Joseph Arthur. Like I think all your fans who liked, uh, what, what's that song called? Honey and Honey in the Moon. Honey in the Moon and in the Sun. They're gonna be like, oh, you know, it's like the drink of water's coming. Like right. that. Finally, he's writing know. a song I like again. <laughs> it's really good. I, I mean, I you know, and and I'm discerning, but I I love it. Love it. 
Thank so. you so much. That's awesome to hear. But yeah. uh, hey, GE. Oh, well, first though, let me ask you guys if how you lean your lives towards gratitude and love over fear and worry. I try to wrap my, uh, tweak my brain every morning, like don't go there. Um, I did take seven positive psychology courses over COVID with Johns Hopkins University and found that incredibly uh, uh, uplifting. So, uh, I mean, I have a gratitude list. I exchanged gratitude with a woman I've never really spent more than five minutes with for over 10 years. Every day she and I write five things we're grateful for. We have a, a stack that would like probably fill this room of gratitude. Mm, That's nice for real. What about you, GE? I just look around and I see how lucky I am. That's all. And right. I'm grateful. You know, you're natural. We have we have a great daughter. She's going to be 22 very soon. And, um, you know, that's all. I'm lucky. I mean, yeah, I'm and she's big on TikTok as well. What's her TikTok handle? She is. What her does... TikTok handle is the Van Gogh Gallery. Yeah, the Van Gogh Gallery. Val, she's got millions of viewers. And um, she's over three million. on. She somebody. makes it her business to to educate people about every aspect of Van Gogh. And it's it's beautiful and it's heartbreaking because there's so many things about him that people uh, might or might not know. But I mean, he was a brilliant man and he suffered, uh, you know, he had some suffered with, yeah. you know, some mental illness. Um, but he was a genius and he was also ahead of his time. Somebody was talking about this. We heard Hernan Diaz, who wrote the book Trust. He got the Pulitzer Prize for the other day, talk about artists being ahead of their time and not recognized, but they were breaking the ground in their lifetime. And then, you know, they were just, and, and they had to suffer that because nobody could get it in their lifetime, but they were the pioneers moving through. And who was he referring to that? Do you remember? I but, you know, but like Van Gogh, as as you know, couldn't give his paintings away. Literally, couldn't give them away. He gave a painting to one doctor that took care of him when he cut off his ear, and the doctor took it home and they used it to patch his chicken coop. That's for that's real. crazy. Yeah, yeah, and I, that I, painting, you know, is worth hundred million dollars. Yeah, so you no never doubt know about it. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting that I went to the art store the other day and I saw Van Gogh or ear erasers and they were like Van Gogh's ears right. as erasers, which is funny, you know, but I was like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, wow, imagine like what Van Gogh, if he could come back from the dead and see that this like horrific moment in his life had become like a joke in an art store. It, it was a striking moment. But the other thing is with like someone like Van Gogh, like, that you know obviously yeah he was way underappreciated for what his talent was that's obvious and even someone like nick drake you know who passed yeah. when he was 26 and was clearly a genius uh his his uh pink moon album is moon. among my yeah. favorites Classic. of of all time but those guys they gave up on life rather early i will say like you, you never sort of like hold them accountable for the narrative of their life story 
And I'm thinking, you know, just because I still feel like I have so much vim and vigor. I still feel like I haven't even reached my peak. And I'm 52 years old. Van Gogh took himself out in his mid-30s. Nick Drake took himself out in his mid-20s. I mean, they kind of didn't stick around enough. I think the narrative on artists used to be much more like, if you don't make it when you're young, you're a failure. And, you know, and so that, I think, as much as anything else, probably led to those guys taking themselves out. And if they could have just held on, because sometimes God makes us wait. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, you know, that's the other thing, though. But Van Gogh was so spiritual and wanted to be a, a reverend because his father was a reverend. But he failed at that, too, because he was too nuts. But, you know, he, he, he was so spiritual in the one painting that he painted outside of the church instead of inside the church is about the most gorgeous spiritual statement I've ever seen. It's not just inside the walls, it's everywhere, but um, I don't know. Uh, anyway, our daughter is entrenched in every aspect and and I did make a joke. I said when she was naming her TikTok, I said, "Why don't you call it the Lonely Ear?" <laughs> but she didn't. She's like, "No, no." There's a song title for you though, right there. Oh yeah. my god, we only have one minute left. I wanted to ask GE what his favorite ever recording uh, event was in his life and his favorite producer to work for. But that's gonna have to be for another day Thanks, because, sir. yeah, that's gonna have to be next time is the best time. Tell everyone where to find you guys. Okay, uh, taylorbarton.com or taylorbarton underscore taylorbarton on Instagram and uh, taylorbarton music, GE Smith music. GE doesn't even know where he's supposed to be. <laughs> GE doesn't care. Yeah, <laughs> All right, guys, I love you both. Thank you, you so much you for coming awesome. on. And I can't wait. Let, yeah, send me a demo of that track. That's exciting. I got a great idea for it. And uh, I'll talk to y'all real soon. God bless you. Have a great night. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. All right, y'all. Keep listening, everybody. We'll be right back with more on TNT Radio. Don't go anywhere.